Episode 280, May the 10th, 2017. This week starts off with another story of a pathetic Jeep thief, and we have new information about the next generation Wrangler JL. Later in the show, we'll end the Jeep color wars <laughs> once and for all. We have some great reviews to share. We'll play your voicemails and even get to a very special phone call to one of our favorite listeners. If you've ever had trail damage, you know the grief and frustration that can cause. I have the definitive list that you'll want to know about that will save you a lot of time and trouble during trail repairs and get you back home. We've got all that and more on this week's Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Podcasting since 2010. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, seriously, what's with all the Jeep stealing lately? A man walked up to a teenager at a Sandy Springs gas station in Georgia on Sunday, said, somebody's trying to kill me, and then stole the poor kid's Jeep while he was pumping gas. Police in, Sunday, in, in Sandy Springs are obviously now looking for this jackass and the younger man's Jeep. The suspect is described as a black male, uh-huh. about six feet tall and 235 pounds, with short hair and unkempt facial hair. The vehicle is a 2005 tan Jeep Wrangler 4x4 with a soft top and stickers along the sides. Anyone with information about this crime can submit a tip to Sandy Springs Police through their Facebook page. And for the rest of you out there who think it might be a good idea to steal someone's beloved Jeep, well, think again. And just keep walking. Maybe a long walk. Maybe off a short pier. <laughs> well, let's get all up inside the new Jeep Wrangler. Jeep has been working very hard lately to keep the all-new 2018 Wrangler under wraps until its official debut. But over the last several months, we've gotten some spy photos and a couple sneak peeks of the next-gen Jeep. Our latest look gives us a pretty clear view of the upcoming Wrangler's interior. Here's what we think we can expect from Jeep based on what was leaked. Not like previous Wranglers, the all-new 2018 model will likely still have a shallow, largely vertical dashboard, at least in this new revision. Jeep is keeping true to the heritage of the flat metal dash of the earliest military and civilian Jeeps. There is, of course, the large central infotainment screen, like Fiat Chrysler's Uconnect system that handles navigation, music, heated seats, the waffle maker in the glove box, and displays information <laughs> on vehicle sta- uh, settings and climate control. Previous Wranglers have boasted a somewhat weatherproof dashboard to allow uh, owners to pull the drain plugs from the hose or from, from the floor and hose out the interior. But I'm curious if Jeep will offer some kind of waterproofing to save the touchscreen from downpours and mud splashes on this model. Below the new infotainment screen, we see the all-too-familiar FCA controls for heat and air conditioning. But in this case, what looks like a dual-zone automatic climate control system, perhaps indicating that Jeep's, the, the Jeep spied here is a higher trim level. Below that, we see the four centrally mounted power window switches, similar to the layout in the current JK Wranglers. This would seem to confirm that the next generation JL Wrangler will retain its removable doors, a feature we expected the model would have, but it's good to have some, well, some confirmation nonetheless. And then, of course, we see what looks like a stick shift with a leather boot, possibly flanked on the driver's side by a manual shift lever for the 4x4 transfer case. Now, in 2016, a Jeep representative announced that between 10 and 20% of all JK Wranglers sold had a manual transmission. I really had trouble believing rumors last year that said the next generation Wrangler would be offered in automatic only, considering the spy photo a sign that a stick shift JL is a near certainty, available with at least one of the multiple engine options that we're expecting. Well, for this and all the latest Jeep news, be sure to subscribe. And if you have something you think we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, well, make sure to let us know by sending an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. So when you were talking about the, the flat screen, mine has one. Is there one? Yeah. That, and the new one, is it supposed to be bigger? <laughs> I believe it's going to be similar. Or, or I don't know joking? if it's going to be bigger or not. I, there's no, there's no uh, actual numbers as far as the screen size at this point. Um, whether or not the software is going to remain the same, it looks pretty standard as far as Jeep's you know, current infotainment system oh, and, okay. and menu options, screen layout, and that sort of thing. So... Uh, but as far as screen size goes and, and everything as far as what's going to be in that system, well, that's not yet been released. Yeah, I don't really use mine. 
Oh, you don't listen to the, uh, the, the podcast on it, Tammy? Oh, well, I use it for Busted. the radio. <laughs> and my no, no, I use it for the radio and my phone, but I don't use it for all that other fancy schmancy stuff. Oh, you need to hook up a, a camera to it use, and uh, put uh, spotters out of business. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, I use old-fashioned maps. Yeah, it's actually a good thing. Paper to, maps. Uh, yeah, it's actually a good thing to know how to do. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast at my mom's house. Hey, we couldn't be doing the show without you guys. And of course, bringing the show to you in the best possible way is, uh, well, what we aim to do. And you guys can help us do that by giving us a little while participating in our survey that we're doing. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. Answer a few very simple questions. Don't worry, we're not going to get too personal. And uh, you can be say, rest assured that the information is safe. We're not selling it uh, or, you know, sending it off to anybody else. We're just using this information to better curtail the show and, and hone it to what our audience actually is instead of what we think it is. So <laughs> once again, head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. Josh, I don't trust you. I think you're lying. We're collecting this information for nefarious pur purposes, I think. Nefarious. <laughs> nefarious. Uh, up to no good. <laughs> All right. So uh, speaking of up to no good, no, no, this is good stuff. This is uh, more uh, y, hot YJ action where we're going to be uh, listening to uh, Nate from Wrangler Extreme talk to us about YJ axles. All right, Nate, tell us. Hey guys, this is Nate from SWBCrawler.com with another edition of Wrangler Extreme. I'm continuing my YJ series. Tonight, I'm going to talk a little bit about the axles you would have found around the, or underneath the Jeep YJ. Now, I already, already covered them briefly in the drivetrain segment, um, so I'm going to talk a little more uh, in depth about each of the two axles, or at least about the Dana 30, because the 35C just really doesn't require a lot of attention. And by that, I mean you should rip it out and put something else in. So the Dana 30 in the YJ was somewhat unique. Uh, it was a high pinion Dana 30, um, spring under axle configuration, because that's the way the YJ came, uh, with a uh, driver's side drop pumpkin, which was, uh, it's common within, the, within all of the, uh, the Wranglers, even that you see today up to the JK. Uh, you could have gotten it with anything from a 3.07 uh, gear ratio up to a 410. Uh, same thing with the 35C, obviously, and that would all depend on what engine and transmission con uh, combination you purchased along with your YJ or how it was originally configured anyway. The biggest problem with the YJ Dana 30 is that the passenger side shaft was a two-piece shaft, and this is how they got around not having locking hubs on the outside of the, uh, you know, on the ends of the, the axles for the YJ, basically an automatic locking axle. Uh, when you shift into four-wheel drive, there's a shift fork which connects the two pieces of the passenger side shaft. So essentially in this, in roughly the middle of the passenger side shaft of the Dana 30, uh, there was, you know, two splined ends, and then there was this shift collar that would move back and forth to connect the two halves. Um, obviously, while this may work just fine, or sometimes doesn't work just fine, but uh, as it was originally designed, it worked, um, it was weaker. Uh, and it also made the housing weaker, because now, instead of having one solid tube on the passenger side, you had a tube, and then you had this fitting that would allow a housing for this vacuum manifold, and then, um, of course, you'd have another tube, and then you'd get to the end where your, your knuckles and whatnot are. Um, on top of that, this vacuum disconnect was prone to failure. I mean, the vacuum lines, uh, over time, heating and cooling would get brittle, so you'd have a vacuum leak, and then the shift torque wouldn't move, or you could get dirt in there, or whatever, you know, I covered this a little bit in the drivetrain issue. Um, one of the simplest fixes just to get the thing working was to take the shift fork off, move the fork to the four-wheel drive position, and then there was a, it was actually, for whatever reason, there was already a threaded hole with a cap in it on the housing. You just take out the threaded cap, put in a bolt that was longer than the, than the cap so that it would basically jam the shift fork into the four-wheel drive position, and then you'd reinstall the thing. And at that point, you could completely disconnect the, the shift fork vacuum uh, connections because they just weren't needed anymore. Uh, this would essentially lock it into four wheel drive, and then your shifter on your on your transfer case would you know disengage engage or disengage. Uh, this essentially made it work a lot like the TJ does today, uh, or even the JK. Another option would be to rip out the shafts completely, 
and put in TJ shafts because they were solid. Uh, you'd still have the housing problem, of course, uh, and that there really isn't a way to get around without some sort of a truss. So, and like I said, the Dana 35C, I mean, you could put some money into that thing, but it just really wasn't worth it. Uh, personally, I had uh, swapped in a Dana 44 out of a Jeep Cherokee, which was a pretty rare find. Uh, the 48.8 is a much more common and easy swap. Uh, go listen to the axle segments if you really want to hear more about the various axles. All right. Thanks for listening. If you want to chat more about YJ axles, look me up on the Jeep Talk Forum. Thanks. You know, I was really surprised, Dan, over at the 4x4 podcast, uh, I told you uh, in an earlier episode about him having problems with his Dana 44 rear, and uh, he had actually at one point, after adding up what it was going to cost to fix the Dana 44, which had basically eaten itself, he had put it up on uh, Craigslist momentarily, and uh, came to his senses, and uh, I saw him sharing a a picture on Instagram and on uh, Facebook, where uh, he now has the Ford 8.8 installed on his beloved 1999 Jeep Cherokee. So very good. Yeah, it looks uh, looks like this beautiful. I mean, of course they all are when you first put them on there, and they're all painted up, and you got the nice uh, fancy spancy uh, uh, diff cover on there. So uh, uh, he, I think he did a little uh, drive around the block, and I asked him if he was ready for the uh, climbing vertical wall test. And he says, "Nope, nope, got to break in the uh, the gears." And I said, "Oh, 500 miles in Alaska? That's a trip to Walmart." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, go to Walmart, come back, change the diff fluid and climb that wall. So, you know, I was just really surprised at how uh hefty those uh 8.8s are. I had no idea that they were so damn beefy. Uh just I I, I, I the numbers are escape, escaping me right now, but it was just really impressive compared to uh, what I thought, you know, the Dana 44 just being a, a, a really nice axle. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't Dana 60 levels, but it still was uh, quite a bit more than uh, the, the Dana 44. Sounds like an excellent swap for uh, anybody that's got a Dana 35. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 Podcast, Center Steer Podcast, and Trail Chasers Podcast. Just real quick, the 4x4 Podcast, they talk about uh, off-roading, overlanding, Jeeps, Toyotas, all kinds of things. Uh, Center Steer Podcast, well, that is about Land Rovers. Is that right? Land Rovers, did I say it right, Josh, or is it Land Cruisers? No, it's not Land Cruisers. <laughs> Uh, sometimes we get a little confused nah, on here. No. no, not Land Cruisers, Land Rovers. So, uh, and a lot of great information over there. Now, John only does a, a podcast a month, so don't freak out if you go over there and you only see a few podcasts. They've been doing it for, for quite a while. And, of course, the Trail Chasers podcast where uh, Cody does uh, interviews with people in the uh, off-road industry. Uh, and it, if you if you love the interview, uh, that's what Cody does and does them really well. Yeah, he does. Hey, over the years, our followers have asked us for more Jeep Talk Show, and boy, have we delivered. You already know about the podcast. Obviously, you're listening to it right now. But did you guys know we have a live call-in show now, too? It's all about you guys, our loyal listeners. Get a chance to talk to us directly. Hear industry-leading interviews with people and companies from all over the off-road world. And hey, don't worry, we'll even give you a chance to talk about your Jeep live on the air, too. It all happens every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time. You call into our special show number, and we'll stream the show to you right over the phone so you don't miss a thing. Be sure to head over to jeeptalkshow.com to get the numbers you'll need to join in on the fun. And hey, don't forget to download this extra content each week or subscribe and never miss an episode. Check out the latest episode, number 37. Tony and Tammy are going to go, going to go discuss the practicality of owning a winch. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. So Tony and Josh, I'm not sure if you've been on Facebook the last day or two, but it's been flooded with an article about Jeeps. It originated from JP Extreme, which is www.jpextreme.com. It's a website devoted to Jeeps. They live for Jeeps, and they know how big and diverse and how devoted the Jeep community is with the decades of heritage and the vast range of models and the ability to go anywhere. Their Jeeps are unlimited and four-wheeling, and they're also ultimate, excuse me, ultimate in four-wheeling, and they're also ultimate expression of our automotive adventure. 
That's why they created this website, JP Extreme. And it's apparently the biggest online community for all things Jeep and a place where we can all come together and share a passion to tell stories of adventure and inspire others. You can also follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So the article that has been flooding the Facebook is fits right in with the color wars we are having here on the Jeep Talk Show. You know, everyone has a favorite cover, color, and even if you don't think you have one or you're stubborn, you're natu- you will naturally be drawn to some colors more than others, and that's how humans roll. The most popular color in the world apparently is blue. Based on statistics, yellow isn't preferred by many. That's what makes sense. So what does the color of your Jeep say about you? Now, in this article, it lists the colors like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. But what they're doing is listing the number one color is like when you announce, we're going to announce the countdown to the the least to the best. <laughs> you should so, practice this. <laughs> I know. So number one really is doesn't mean number one. It's number one on their list. They save the best for last. So... Anyway, number one on their list out of 10, red. (laughs) Red is the color of fire and blood. It's associated with energy, war, danger, power, and passion. Red is a very intense color. It enhances human metabolism, raises blood pressure. Light red represents joy, passion, sensitivity, and love. Pink signifies romance, friendship, passiveness. Dark red is associated with rage, anger, leadership, and courage. And then brown suggests stability and displays masculine qualities. Then it goes on to describe orange, which is number two. And they describe dark orange and gold. And orange is combines the energy of red and happiness of yellow, and it's commonly associated with the sunshine and joy. Then it goes on to talk about yellow as the color of warmth that stimulates mental activity, and it generates muscle energy. And then it goes on, and it says some more things about yellow, which I'll let you guys go read that. But then it talks about green is the color of nature. It symbolizes growth, harmony, and fertility. Green has a very strong emotional feeling, and dark green is associated with money. Um, It goes on to say some more things about green, and I'll let you guys read that later when you go to the website. Blue is the color of sky associated with stability, depth, loyalty, loyalty, and wisdom. It's considered beneficial to the mind and body, slows the human metabolism, and produces a calming effect, which I think we all kind of knew. Well, that's uh, we got enough time. That's all the te- time we have for it tonight. Uh, it's a shame that it didn't oh, black uh, on there. Uh, <laughs> hush, hush. <laughs> White, technically all colors, including red. Yeah. Oh, t- did you add that? To- <laughs> white is a. God, you. I. Boo. It's in parentheses. White is associated with. Yeah. Is associated with goodness, purity, and virginity. It is considered to be the color of perfection. White means safety, cleanse- cleanliness, and purity. And then, of course. They saved the black, the bat, the best for last, which is black. And I'm not going to read what is in parentheses. You're all flustered. It's a, this is script. <laughs> I put it in parentheses. I know. Ah, oh, I'm going to bring up my own script next time. Anyway, black is power. Black is evil. Yes. And I, that's what it, the script said. And it's associated with mystery. Black donates strength and authority and is considered to be formal, elegant, and prestigious. Black gives a feeling of depth and perspective, but black can also be seen as aggressive, which I am getting right now because Tony was messing with my script. Anyway, folks, go over to um, and check out their webpage for the rest of all the different stuff about each color of the jeeps to see what it means for your jeep and that is over at www.jpextreme.com and folks anything you'd like to add or 
Um, anything, if you'd want to tell Tony to quit messing with my script, we'd love to hear from you. Contact us on the jeeptalkform.com. You can email me at jeeptalkshow.com or call our 24 by 7 voicemail. All right. So be be honest here, Tammy. You were nervous about this because you figured I was going to be jumping all over you. I was just sitting back, letting you do your thing, you know, put a, put a few comments in there so you get some, I, get some I, chuckles to yourself yeah. and, and, you know, you chose to read them. <laughs> That was great. I love. Well, that. I read over everything beforehand, so I, you know, knew what it was, and then you you just read and you just read what's there, and you're like, <laughs> wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, no, it makes perfect Somebody sense. Somebody missed the script. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, red like and- Ron Burgundy. Like Ron Burgundy over here, just read whatever's on the teleprompter. <laughs> just you know, yeah. go through it. Well, speaking I'm, of I'm trolling or lack thereof, anyways. Uh, go ahead, Josh. Well, hey, uh, Jeep Talk Forum is our new mobile-friendly forum, guys, that we just created for you. And speaking of trolling, or lack thereof <laughs> anyways, it, it works just as good as your computer, or from your work computer, as it does on your smartphone during those 20-minute bathroom breaks. Now, I don't know what you're thinking, but uh, it, it's not your typical forum. There's no flaming like Tony was doing right now, or telling you, here, <laughs> let me Google that for you. And best of all, there's no dumb questions. You can also find out more about the stories, companies, products, and information that we share with you guys here on the Jeep Talk Show. That's jeeptalkforum.com. We hope to see you there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? It's time for reviews, and we actually have a new one this week. I just want to tell you guys real quick, I really appreciate you taking the time to leave us reviews because, I mean, everybody can sit back and listen or watch and not participate But those folks, uh, you folks that take the time to actually type something in, share your thoughts with us is very important to me. And I just want to tell you, thank you very much. And uh, well, let's get over to the reviews now. Yeah, uh, pretty much anywhere where you guys can find us. Go ahead. Nope. Fight. Fight. Oh, you go. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say anywhere where you guys can find us, you can pretty much find a way to leave a review, whether it's on iTunes or whether it's on Stitcher Radio. Heck, you guys can even leave us a review over on Facebook, YouTube, you name it. If you can find us, you can find us a a way to leave us a review and maybe even a five-star review. Uh, We got one from Facebook. Tammy, who is it and what do they have to say? Well, Mikey Anthony gave us a five-star review, and he said, I just recently found your podcast on iTunes, and I have been binge listening to all the episodes at work for the last couple of weeks. I'm almost caught up live. The show definitely makes the workday move faster. What's a better What's better than a Jeep talk all day? I have an okay, or a zero, a 2008 JK Ruby. But I enjoy all the other non-Wrangler talk as well. Helps me stay well-rounded with all the other Jeep knowledge. Thanks for the podcast and keep up the good work. I think one, one of the things that, that you find, and I certainly have found this, uh, you know, doing this show, is uh, all the Jeeps, uh, well, the ones with the solid front axles, uh, have a lot of things in common. Uh, power plants may be a little different. Uh, we found recently that the Rubicon uh, uh, TJ has a, a different transfer case than the the non-rubies so uh, but it's basically the same thing uh so it, it is nice to know these different things and uh how they all fit together you got tech questions oh, what do i ever we have answers oh that's good because I, I it's tech talk with jeep talk oh most certainly is and this is part two of two in zip ties duct tape ratchet straps and bailing wire oh my The Tech Talk Guide to Fixing Your Jeep Went Out on the Trails. Last week, I covered some of the basics of how to set set yourself up to properly deal with trail damage if some wheeling breakage were to ever occur. We covered things like mindset, preparedness, and how to think outside the box, as it were, to get your Jeep and you and your family back home, or at least into communication range where you can arrange for a tow or a ride. Well, this week, we're going to go into the specifics, exact things to do, and what you'll need if the worst should happen. I'm going to go through these pretty quick, so make sure you guys download this episode for quick reference and maybe even get a pen and some paper to jot some of this down. All right, break the airline to your ARB locker. Easy cheesy. Disassemble a ballpoint pen, cut and clean the ink tube, and it slides perfectly into the inside diameter of the airline. Use some duct tape or electrical tape to finish off the repair and you're back into locked business. You got a broken hose? Easy cheesy. Once more, pipe inside, clamps and zip ties. Once again, it's pretty much the same repair as the ARB locker, just scaled up a little bit. You got a broken hard line instead of a rubber line? Well, cut away, crimp, and join the ends with a rubber hose and clamp and zip tie that. 
pretty much is the opposite of what we were just talking about. If you gashed your sidewall open, well, use some bailing wire like an old Frankenstein scar and sew that thing up and then use lots of plugs to seal it up. Silicone glue and whatever else you can find. Sticks even. I've seen all kinds of stuff to seal up that hole and glue it shut. Remove the tire and patch it like hell from the inside with duct tape. Trust me, I've seen it work. And then inflate it just enough to set the bead and that should be just enough to get you back down off the mountain, back down off the trail, at least to the trailhead. Well, have you broken your tie rod end? If you can get the stud out, which is going to be quite a bit of work, trust me, drill through the end of the tie rod and use a bolt and a nut to secure the end back onto your knuckle or, you know, whatever it might be mounted to. Have you broken your serpentine belt? Well, zip ties, nylons, even a rubber hose, perhaps some socks if you can tie them all together and strip them up. They will all work as a replacement, very temporary serpentine belt to get you down off the trail. Have you bent your tie rod? Well, you can sleeve it with a high lift handle. We talked about that a few episodes back. Have you sheared off your track bar mount or steering box? Well, you're going to need a lot of ratchet straps. Trust me, this isn't a day-end you know, type of breakage. You can get off the trail with a bunch of ratchet straps, a lot of them. Trust me, you're just going to go ahead and fill the back of your Jeep with them. Have your, has your fuel pump quit? Well, this is going to get real tricky real quick. Empty out your washer fluid reservoir and fill it with gas. Undo the hose at the end where it goes up to the hood and run it into the carburetor. Use the spray button to feed your carb. Yep, I know. It's kind of risky and kind of a bit of a whiskey tango fix, but, you know, it'll work. Did you blow up your radiator? If a crack is small enough in it, well, use some ground pepper. This is an old school trick, and trust me, it works. I have seen it in person. You're going to need a good half container of ground pepper, though, in order to fill that up. Egg whites will also work. You're going to need a good three to four of them, but it only works for pinhole leaks. So if you've got a big hole, yeah, you're screwed. Has your distributor rotor lost a contact? Well, use a feeler gauge to repair it. Yeah, that's one you probably haven't heard before. Have a hole in something like your washer reservoir or gas tank? Well, you can plug any non-pressurized hole just using a bar of soap. That's right, regular or even small hotel versions. It doesn't matter. Even those pretty little shell-shaped ones will work just fine. The soap actually fills up the hole without, well, you know, breaking down in gas or fuel or anything like that. It, 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 this is for non-pressurized systems, though, so this isn't going to work for something like a tire. Need a funnel or a small catch can? Well, use a two-liter soda bottle that you empty during lunch, cut accordingly for what you need, and, well, you can either catch the fluid that's draining or funnel it back in. Now, here's something for keeping more extensive trail repairs organized. Use a muffin tin to keep nuts and bolts in order and keep out the dirt, mud, sand, or snow. And uh, if you, uh, well, end up getting stranded or something like that and your repairs got you uh, stuck for the night, well, how about a gallon jug of water plus an LED headlamp? As anyone who comes here knows... Well, uh, if you wear those goofy LED lights on an elastic band and, you know, well, I, I call those people minions. But <laughs> if you're out on the trail and you get stuck, this combination makes for a quick, resourceful lantern that can be easily moved around if you, well, need some light underneath the Jeep while you continue repairs. Sometimes a cell phone light or a flashlight just won't cut it. This will. Sandpaper plus glue plus a covered jar equals, well, some storage. Get, glue a square of sandpaper to the top of a jar, fill the jar with matches and a small variety of different kindling. This won't fix your Jeep, but it will come in handy if you're stuck out on the trail for the night and you need to quickly start a fire for warmth or rescue. Corn chips can be used for substitute kindling. They burn slowly, which helps the flame last longer. Just don't eat the burnt ones, though they will be nasty. <laughs> need a temporary insect repellent? How about using coffee grounds? You don't need to rub the grounds on you. Just add them to a coffee filter, cinch closed with a bread tie or elastic or you know zip tie or something, and then keep it in your pocket. Bugs don't like coffee. And just in case you do get bit, try deodorant as a temporary itch relief agent. Won't last long, maybe an hour in my experience or so, but it gives you some extra time to focus on the task at hand rather than itching said hand. Well, I hope this gives you guys some food for thought when loading your Jeep for the next trail run and saves you guys some time and frustration if Murphy's Law comes for a visit. Hey, Jeepers, next week I'm going to go in-depth with some electrical knowledge for you guys and teach you a little something about the CAN system on your Jeep and why your headlights might be flickering. And hey, Jeepers, let me know if you guys have a tech question you would like answered here on the Jeep Talk Show. Just go to jeeptalkforum.com, even on your smartphone, or shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line, Tech Talk. You know, there's uh, one more thing you can do with those matches and uh, container with the... <laughs> sandpaper on top, Josh. No, 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 no. Yeah, what do no, you got? No, 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 if, no. If you, if you really get tired no. of the Jeep being broke again, <laughs> you can just set it on fire. <laughs> get Break out the oh, marshmallows first, though. 
Oh, See, I, I, thought, I, I thought you were going to go in the direction of like catching a fart or something. We, we've all been yeah, there. Yeah, that's what I thought he was going there. Oh, well, good. I uh, did a Nikki G where I took the 90 degree turn, but it was the opposite turn yeah. from, from what you guys were expecting. No, but we've all been there. The Jeep broke again, you know. Uh, I just like to set this damn thing on fire. All right. Well, not uh, me. maybe not. Well, you you haven't been in that situation, have you, Tammy? Yeah, not yet. I guess, uh, I guess whenever the, uh, whenever you came down on the, uh, uh, what do you call that shock on the front? The steering stabilizer. stabilizer. The stabilizer. Stabilizer. Yeah. I guess you, you kind of had that situation a little bit. Um, especially when I just was worried my husband was going to be mad at me. As long as that $10,000 buttons. Okay. You should be all right. Yeah. Oh, don't forget Jeep talk junkies. (laughs) You can now install a free app on your smartphone and have the Jeep Talk Show episodes with you wherever you go. Just go to the Apple Store or Google Play and look for Jeep Talk Show. Don't forget to go into settings and select download the latest three episodes. That way you'll have the show ready to listen, whether you're in town mall crawling or out in the hills rock crawling. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message. Hey, love, we love hearing from all you guys, so be sure and call our voicemail line 530-675-4102 or jump over to our website, jeeptalkshow.com, and leave us a message. Just click on the leave voicemail button. Hey, guys. Super Croc again. Well, I got more info on my no starting issues. Yesterday, I went out to try do some troubleshooting to see if I could figure out anything, and the first problem I had was dead battery. So that was easily fixed. Put it on the charger for a few hours, and the battery was good. So then I put the key in, turn it, and click, 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 click. So go and check the relay, check the connections for that, because I'd had troubles with that earlier. And then tried turning the key, no clicking, and no starting. So that's new. Um, And then before I could do any more troubleshooting, I'm working outside, and it starts to rain pour. So, yeah, yeah. this cheap troubleshooting stuff is fun. Have a great night. So I, I think, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, I, I think I was listening to the show the other day and, uh, he was having problems with fuel pressure and, uh, Josh and I went back and forth on, uh, was he really checking the fuel pressure or not? And, uh, but I, I'm wondering if this is part of the, the ongoing issue. Uh, he did say no start. So if it was a dead battery, uh, that would affect fuel pressure. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Jeeps are really notorious and very finicky about their grounds. And so if you've got a bad ground somewhere, I mean, it can just be even in the fuel system. It could be your main ground. Uh, I remember one time I was doing some work on the Jeep. I think I was replacing O2 sensors or something and, and had the battery disconnected. And when I reconnected it, I thought I had everything good. And, and same sort of thing. I went to start, you know, start the Jeep, and at first it was click, 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 and then, you know, nothing. And I'm like, you know, what the heck's going on? This I just, you know, was driving it mm-hmm. not 30 minutes ago. What's happening here? And, you know, after a lot of frustration and, and useless troubleshooting, I finally found that the negative battery terminal wasn't as tight as it could be. Isn't that yeah, so strange? I thought it was on there good enough, but apparently not. It's so strange how it does that. And I've actually gone to, uh, and I think you do this too, Josh, every time that you take the, uh, the battery cables off the post, you get the little... Uh, a uh, wire brush thingy that yep. goes on the post and in in the uh, uh, in the clamp part of it, and you clean that baby out and make it nice and bright and shiny. And uh, it's funny uh, you don't have those issues if you do that every time. Of course, I guess I remember. You, I guess you whittle it away eventually, though. <laughs> Maybe I remember growing up, my um, my dad and his friend pouring coke on the battery terminal. Yeah, I've, I've heard about that as well. That's right, an old, uh, old, uh, old, old school trick. Uh, there, the the actual. I mean, you guys have seen the the videos of of Coca Cola dissolving nails and and stuff like that. It's <laughs> there's enough corrosive stuff in that Coca Cola to eat battery acid, <laughs> or act as Seriously? battery acid. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So but uh, 
Yeah, I would. Uh, I don't know what the sugar and everything on there. I would just clean it up, make it nice and shiny. Uh, get that. Mm-hmm. That lead is very soft. It doesn't take very much at all. And those things are a couple of bucks, I think, at the. Uh, uh, at the auto parts place. Yeah, uh, they kind of look like an old snake bite kit almost. Yeah, Just it to, does. You know, it really does. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I've got a couple of them. I should buy a couple more. I wonder if Amazon has them. <laughs> I wonder if we can get them with the Jeep Talk Show logo on them. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get over to our next caller. Hey, this is Rob the Tune Man from Oregon. I just had a little conversation with my neighbor. The one who has the Toyota, who says it is a Jeep-covered vehicle. So I said, just remember, when World War II started, they were driving Japanese vehicles. And when it was all over, the winners were driving Jeeps. Oh, no. (laughs) Throwing down the gauntlet. Yep. That's fighting words. My man. Very good, Rob. Thanks that one. And hey, we got to give a little shout out to Nate, too, who tried to give us a call. We kind of were talking about this at the top of the show, tried to give us a call on his way into work, but uh, there was just too much ambient noise and his voice level was just way too low and it just we just couldn't make it work. So, Nate, thanks for trying, buddy, but uh, maybe try again. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, check that check that audio. I think maybe that uh, Android's acting up on you. At least it didn't have an iPhone. All righty. Uh, well, let's get over to some Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. I wonder if the, the mind of Nikki G is going to answer. I can't hear you through my tinfoil hat. <laughs> now, Tammy. Now. Oh, no. Hello. Uh-oh. It works. <laughs> it works. Yay. Unlike Happy my tinfoil hat. Happy birthday to you. To you. <laughs> and you. Happy birthday Happy to birthday you. to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Hope you got your roll of tinfoil. Nikki G. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki G. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Oh, thanks, guys. So, uh, Nikki G, what's it feel like Happy to be 30, birthday, 39 years old? <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> oh, I wondered why my wife told me to make sure my phone was charged up today. <laughs> <laughs> I was inspecting a uh, bill collector to call all night. Well, it may, it may still happen. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you wearing your tinfoil hats? Or we're wearing ours tonight. No, nah, I'm not wearing my tinfoil hat. But, uh, <laughs> well, the entire oh, audience I'm, is. Uh, we, we've been letting everybody know for the entire week that today is the 50th anniversary of, of Nikki G being officially abducted by the mothership for the first time. So uh, we thought it was all proper for all of us to don our tinfoil hats and, and of course, celebrate this momentous occasion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Well, Nikki G, have a very uh, good rest of the birthday, and uh, thank you very so much for all these uh, wonderful uh, calls that you make to us. And uh, hope you have very many more birthdays, if nothing else, just so we can get more you know stuff to play on the show. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, happy right. birthday! <laughs> happy birthday, Nikki right, G. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Can we take off the hats now? <laughs> Yeah, please. <laughs> People, this is great. Uh, this is great for an audio get, podcast. Hot under there. Yeah, this is great. Do you, <laughs> I know. Did your did your thoughts great, great podcast? My hair just there. started on fire. Did your thoughts start clearing up? Mine did. <laughs> I felt sharper than I have in years. <laughs> God, this hat. Yeah, you know uh, it is time. hot. Man, we could use that to. Uh, yeah, the, the tint tip keep the turkey hats warm. Don't breathe like the lycra. All right, Tammy, take us away. Let's get a little uh, product review going here. Well, folks, back in March, I bought a new camera mount um, for my Jeep. Um, I like using my old-fashioned Sony HD handheld camera, and it's just a point-and-shoot. I just need to turn it on and push the record button. And being that I don't have a passenger to help me, it's just easier for me to use that. And I usually just had my camera mount sitting on my dashboard with the weighted mount and it would fall off during bumps or inclines. So as I was discussing this, Dan from the 4x4 podcast suggested I try out the RAM mount set up. So I 
decided to try them out, and I bought the suction cup, cup camera mount on for my windshield of my Jeep Wrangler. And you can check out my review of this on the March 7th blog post, or you can check out episode 271 of the Jeep Talk Show. Um, my initial review and my initial reaction was, I love, love, love. But the question is, how did this mount hold up to the trails? Well, I finally got out to testing it on while I was wheeling on the trails at Roush Creek. And I know there was a lot of folks who were skeptical and they said it would not even stand the windshield. Well, you guys were wrong. It held up just perfectly. You can check it out for yourself on my YouTube channel. I posted some videos and it was perfectly fine. It held up like a charm. And now, granted, I was wheeling at slow speeds when I was testing this out, so I thought I would try it out on the road on the at highway speeds. And again, no problem. And I have video of that on my YouTube channel as well. And th- I feel these things are so worth the money. They are amazing. I give them five stars in my book. And later, when we post the show notes, I will have a link to my blog post where you can find links to my videos. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, thing. I checked out the those videos, Tammy, and and they they look good. I was I was a little worried when I saw the pictures myself of, of that handy cam kind of sticking off those ram mount, you know, kind of way out there. But ram mounts do offer some really strong stuff, and and so I, you know, the videos really speak for themselves. And if you guys are looking for a mounting solution for your off road cameras, check out ram mount. So, Tammy, if I remember right, this thing has kind of a suction cup that sticks to the windshield uh, as part of the, I guess it would be that would be the main mechanism that keeps it in place. Is that correct? Yeah. So Yeah, there's two parts about the suction cup and then the other part that holds the camera and they connect together with a, a ball joint. Right, and you can adjust that so you get the the angle and everything right. But my question is about the suction right. cup. I don't think I've asked you this before. So the suction cup, does it adhere to the glass uh, with without moisture, or do you have to moisten it? Without. It's like oh, one that's of those. Good. You, you stick it there and you pull the lever. Yeah. I, I could never um, get one to stay. Just like, I can never get one to stay. It, yeah, it the lever happens. just... It, yeah. So it always has to be moistened for it to stay very long. And I've, I've noticed that when it's out in the, no. the sun for a while, it gets dry and that thing will actually uh, fall down. So, uh, okay, well, that's good. It's, it's my, uh, my dash cam uh, uh, camera that uh, sticks to the windshield. Uh, that's the one that kind of falls down. Right. So, so mine's not very big. It actually will dangle from the power cable. But I was just curious about how you moistened it. But if, you're not, if you don't have to do that, that's great to stick it and go. And you haven't no. had it uh, dropped. Is it something that you Whereas, stick it and you push the lever off or on? Yeah, this one, the, my, dash cam has, my dash cam has the same thing, but it just uh, doesn't uh, stick very well uh, unless, unless I put a little moisture on there. Right, no. Well, interesting. So, Any excuse nope. to lick windows, huh, yeah. Tony? Oh, you know, you got to lick, lick the rubber. I know. <laughs> Actually, I just put it on my finger yeah, just, and then, okay. then wipe it on there. Um, no licking the windows up north. Oh, no, that would be a bad thing, wouldn't it? Your tongue it? will uh, stick. tongue will stick there, wouldn't it? I did that when I was younger. Oh, there you go. That'll, that's, I that, like to let, slide. Let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> yep, it was. All right, I heard some talk about licking windows. I'm here. Let's get started. Yeah, right. Well, uh, you guys might have heard some rumors uh, about a month ago or so. Uh, it's been a few weeks now that uh, I had some oral surgeries, and, and that uh, kind of took a rather large dent out of my Jeep fund. And so things have come to a screeching halt. Of course. And so now I'm thinking about, well, turning to a street corner to get the Jeep fund going or something. I don't know. Seriously, I kind of wondering if I if I should try a, you know, a GoFundMe or a Patreon type of thing to get my Jeep back on the trails. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think uh, the uh, street corner you, thing is an j- excellent idea. You could jiggle low, then jiggle high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there no, we go. No, no, no. <laughs> go fund me. Heck, I would try it. Do a go fund me. Go for it. I have right? seen so many of those GoFundMes. Uh, I just have to wonder, are people really, you know, just handing out the $5 bills, you know, uh, virtually uh, through the online thing? I just... It just seems like everybody and their mama is asking for uh, for handouts these days. But, uh, you know, some of them, it really works. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'd get enough to even. 
Yeah, I don't think I'd get enough to even, uh, you know, cover the cost of a gasket. So, you know, it's <laughs> one of these things where if you got if you got a good, uh, you know, a, a good cause or something like that, it'd be easy to do. But I don't think anybody's going to give me money to fix my Jeep. Yeah, you be. It's like one of those uh, pyramid schemes. If you can be the, the towards the top, <laughs> you can get some money. But it's all the people at the yeah, bottom. Yeah, work just fine. <laughs> That's what I'll do. I'll just start. I'll, I'll just go all Bernie Madoff and and, and start my own hedge fund. Oh, geez. I saw, uh, apparently they made a, uh, either a TV movie or a movie about that. And some of the, the acting that was done in there was like, it was just, just amazing that, yeah, yeah. I need, you know, if you got 300 million, you can get in. <laughs> it's like, what? He's, no, that's not 80 million. That's not enough. 300 million. Sure. Come on. Uh, anyway, I think that I can't remember the actor that was in there, uh, that was doing that. It looks like it's going to be a real good deal. So you, is that what we could do is we could start a go. Does this mean that you're not going to be able to take the head down to the shop anytime soon, Josh? Well, it's not, it means that I, I I can't pay uh, the shop for the head work um, (laughs) that they're doing. So, so they can keep it (laughs) six and a half, one dozen, another. Oh, that's too bad. I was afraid. I was hoping that, you know, you could at least get the head work. How much does something like that cost? Uh, I'm going to be looking at it at close to 600 with everything that I'm having done. Yeah. Not, not just the head though. Right. Oh my goodness. Uh, that, well, I'm going to be into this phase of things well over a thousand dollars when I, when I add all of the gaskets and fluids and parts and everything else up that, that I'm doing in this, in this phase of things. Uh, between rebuilding and 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 going through the head and having that all redone, uh, between the machining work, uh, between the gasket kits, uh, between new water pump, between you know condenser, the AC work, you know all this stuff. I mean, I'm going to be into this thing over a thousand bucks. Well, I guess the good thing is once you Yikes. once you get it there, it should go uh, be fine for for a while. Well, Tammy, what's going uh, what's going on with well, you? You're going to be in uh, uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, you're going to be in Moab next uh, next week, aren't you? Yeah, this time next week I will be. It'll be what night is it? Nine o'clock Mountain Time there now. Yep, I'll be in Moab, getting ready for my adventure. Um, right now, I've got to start packing. Think of what I'm going to take. Um, I'm just not sure what kind of weather it's going to be. I hear it's supposed to be really hot. So I've booked two Jeep rides, now, a this boat time ride. Of, this time of year, um, yeah, I don't know. So it sounds yeah, like we're it, sounds like the internet's a, biting us tonight. Uh, we were, uh, yeah, we, it is. I'm been, having a hard time. We've been having a, a problem uh, uh, broadcasting to YouTube all night tonight, and it sounds like it's uh, starting to affect the the Skype connection. So we apologize yeah, for you that, guys folks. Are so slow, yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'll be packing this weekend and getting ready for my trip to Moab. And hopefully I'll be um, uh, calling you guys on the voicemail line and letting you know how things are. And you can watch me on Facebook, folks. I'll be trying to do live updates as I'm out there. And I'm very, very, very nervous about Hell's Revenge. Yeah, you'll be okay. So I'm afraid of heights. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, I freeze up, so hopefully I won't freeze up in the Jeep. So we'll see. All right. Well, uh, I'll just t- say real quick, I'm just really, really happy with the lighting that I've uh, put into the garage. Uh, and uh, I, th- I think I mentioned this already about uh, having it set up with uh, the uh, the internet uh, controllable light switch so I can literally turn the garage lights on and off from my smartphone. Or I can tell the uh the amazon echo to turn them on but uh the really cool thing is uh i can uh, i've got them set to go off at midnight so if somebody forgets to turn off the lights in the garage eh, i don't have to worry about going out there and you know getting up going to the door turning the switch off you know that really hard work if it uh, if it's on at midnight it goes off automatically uh so i think uh, my wife is really liking it because uh, for some reason she likes backing in her uh, tj into the garage and uh, you can you can well imagine it's pretty dark in the garage. Even with the uh, automatic garage door opener lights, uh, it's still uh, pretty dark in there. So she can just press the uh, uh, the button on her smartphone, and it's it looks like uh, you know a UFO has landed, and the 
the door is opening up and you expect to see ET and some mist coming rolling out of the garage door there. But uh, so she can see very clearly backing up now. It's just it's just very nice having lighting in, in the garage. I'm going to make a, a suggestion, Tony, that uh, involves a little bit more safety than trying to go through your apps list, open up an app, and then find out which one of your menus has the garage lights on it to press, all while driving into the through the neighborhood. Uh, I can just see, you know, little Johnny from around the way getting ran over as he chases his ball through the street. Um, I would recommend more so one of the um, motion sense light switches uh, that they offer now, which are really inexpensive. And as soon as that thing sees the garage door opening or the vehicle coming up the driveway, it will turn on the lights. That's a great, uh, great idea. I didn't go into it in a lot of detail, but uh, I did think about what you were talking about, Josh, and the software that allows you to turn the lights on and off also has widgets. So there's a widget on my uh, phone. So all I have to do is press the button to turn it on the turn the, the display on and then press the button to turn on the garage door lights. Well, you know, press two buttons or keep your hands on the steering wheel, you know, whatever, your choice. <laughs> <laughs> um so let's see what else I got going on. Oh, uh I was uh, uh there was a I've been getting a lot of friends request on my personal account on uh the uh on the uh the Facebook and I I was uh, I got an invite to uh, a um, a get together during M- Memorial Day weekend at Hidden oh, cool. Falls, which is uh, in uh, I'm, I'm brain farting Marble Marble Falls, I think is uh, is the town, and it's uh, kind of central Texas. It's a little north of uh, San Antonio. So uh, I was going to throw the the word out. I am considering going. I have a couple of things I got to get done. I got to get my uh, front drive shaft. Uh, uh, U-joints replaced and put back in the Jeep, and I still need to put in that brake line, the extended brake line in the rear. But I am considering going, and if you guys uh, in the local area might want to go out there, uh, maybe drive along in a little convoy, a mini convoy, uh, or uh, meet over there, uh, there are going to be a, a bunch of uh, shenanigans going on uh, from, uh, what, yeah, from what I was seeing yeah. in, in the invite. Uh, and there probably will be just be hundreds and hundreds of Jeepers out there that day. And great photo opportunity uh, for me and uh, the Jeep Talk Show. So uh, that would be, I'm planning on going, uh, it, it's an all weekend type thing. I was just going to drive over there. It's about a three hour drive for me. Uh, I was going to just go over there, uh, stay for the day, uh, Saturday, and then uh, come back that evening. Uh, and uh, I think that is the, looking at it real quick, uh, that is the 27th. So uh, I guess the 29th is Memorial Day, and uh, so I'm thinking about going up there uh, early on the 27th and coming back uh, later that day. So if you think you might want to go to uh, Hidden Falls, the Hidden Falls uh, off-road park there in Marlboro Falls, Texas, uh, and uh, meet up with a uh, honest-to-goodness Jeep talk show uh, host, well, I'd love to see you. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to take a picture with you. Maybe we can do even uh, do a little interview. There you go. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Hey, speaking of uh, speaking of trails and, and things like that, uh, I don't know if you guys heard about this or or seen it. Uh, are you guys familiar with the TV show Top Gear? Yes. There's a there's a UK version yes. and there's of course a US version that that came out many years later. Um, but the US version has actually been on the Rubicon Trail here recently, and the guys from the top, the US Top Gear show um, they, they had three vehicles out there, of course. But along with them, they had Google's 360 degree Street View cameras with them. They got like somewhere around a thousand gigs of footage or something like that. Now they have all 22 miles of the Rubicon Trail or 12 miles of the Rubicon Trail and 22 miles of, of, you know, getting there and everything else all documented and all like Google Street View style. So if you want to see what the Rubicon Trail actually looks like without taking your Jeep on it. Well, they've got a video out there now that you can see that. So um, just head over to YouTube.com, uh, check out Top Gear and Rubicon, and you should be able to find what I'm, what I'm talking about. Anyways, it's some really cool stuff. This is the kind of thing that I know a lot of people have been waiting a very long time for. Google, several years ago, uh, announced that they are you know, offering to certain select people um, like these backpack cameras to backpack, you know, famous trail systems, and and so people can see these these awesome vistas and hiking trails and stuff like that. Well, they've been taking it a step further, 
with the stewardship with the off-roaders and stuff and, and, and different land management uh, companies and whatnot to set up for off-road street view type stuff. And Top Gear was sort of uh, the tip of the spear, if you will, um, getting this to Google. And so this is the first of what will hopefully be many actual street views of what world-famous trail systems look like. You know, I never did get a chance to, uh, to That's check so this. That's so exciting. I never did get a chance to double check this, but I believe that I uh, mm, can't remember his real name. Joey from Friends is a regular member on Top Gear now. Did you did you notice that, uh, Josh, when you when you were watching? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm not current with the uh, with the, with the current episodes or whatnot. Uh, I'm, I'm a few a few episodes behind, but you know, I've I've loved. I've been a Top Gear fan for years and years and years, way before the U.S. version ever came out. And, and I had more reservations when when they announced that there was going to be a U.S. version of Top Gear. I was, of course, excited, but, you know, there's nothing that beats the chemistry um, between the hosts of the original series, So, right. uh, which we all knew has um, m- since moved from BBC and is now um, a different TV show on, uh, on Amazon. Oh, I didn't know he was on Amazon. Yeah, um, um, Matt LeBlanc, I think, was, uh, is uh, Joey's name, real name. Right. All right, well, before the internet craps and burns all, uh, us all and we're all dead like an exploding Dana 35, let's get over to some wheeling wear. Yeah, this is where we're going to very briefly talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. Hey, coming up here very soon, we have CPAC down on the Oregon coast, June 2nd through the 4th, Seaside, Oregon. I'm going to be there, guys. It's a ham radio con- convention, uh, if you will. And uh, so if you're into communications, uh, you know, that sort of stuff, uh, if you're a ham radio operator, well, see me there. You guys can find me. Uh, I'll be around uh, KG7TPY. I should be operating uh, somewhere at some point in time down the weekend. So anyways, <laughs> I also have the Big Trailblaze coming up May 27th at Chaos Off-Road Park in Capon Bridge, West Virginia. For more information, head over to chaosoffroadpark.com. This is a charity trail riding event hosted by East Coast 4x4. There will be games and raffles and lots of other stuff to keep you guys entertained. And all proceeds will benefit the Chaos Hero Project. Uh, And the infamous Go Topless Day. This is the 10th anniversary of the Go Topless Day. Uh, All Things Jeeps, 10th anniversary of Worldwide Go Topless Day, which is May 20th. So right around the corner, guys. Uh, It's a spring tradition where we celebrate the return of warm weather and sense of fun and adventure that comes with owning a Jeep. Join in on the fun and see how you can get involved with Go Topless Day. Check out the All Things Jeep website or go to the or go to Facebook and type in Go Topless Day. I'm sure it'll be a lot safer than a Google image search of the same term. <laughs> hey, if you're watching us on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is also available in audio-only format. Great to listen to while commuting or while working on your Jeep. Subscribe via iTunes, tune in, Google Play, or iHeartRadio and never miss an episode. If you'd like to contribute financially to the show, you can do so by going to the JeepTalkShow.com website and clicking on the PayPal button to subscribe annually. Starts at just $12 or select the other button for a one-time donation of just about any amount you'd like. We do the show because we enjoy it, guys. We love doing this, and it's free. It's always free. There's no financial support that is ever necessary, but it's always appreciated. And did you know it can take up to four days for your favorite podcast episode to show up on Apple iTunes? Yep, it's true. iTunes is a great free service, and we appreciate Apple for all their hard work. But we want our listeners to get the Jeep Talk Show as quickly as possible. That's why we are recommending that all you iTunes users subscribe to our podcast. No multi-day delay. You'll get the newest episodes much quicker. Open up iTunes, search for the Jeep Talk Show, and hit subscribe and never miss a great, funny, informative podcast again. And speaking of subscribing, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's how we bring the show to you guys live, more or less, every Thursday <laughs> and Tuesday. You should just head over to YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show, and every 100 subscribers we get, Tony gets a big fat cookie. Cookie! Um, nom, nom. Hey, join the Jeep Talk Show team. We're looking for volunteers to manage our vast social media presence on the web. You can be the uh, Jeep Talk Show's social media voice. Send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com to find out more. Hey, and don't worry, folks. You can get more Jeep Talk with myself and Tony on Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock Central Time on the Jeep Talk Call-In Show, our new live call-in show where it's all about you and your Jeep. And if you'd like to get your Jeep Club a nice shout-out on the air, well, just send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Let me know who you are, where you're from, and a link to your club site. 
Well, that's it for this week, guys. Wherever you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's see if our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better, condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. Oh, we hey, got folks, time. and don't forget I still to. Have a few seconds. <laughs> um, don't forget to check out my blog at www.jeepmama.com and don't forget to follow me next weekend. That's right. It should be a lot of fun. And hey, if you need a voice for your product or services, well, by all means, check me out at thevoiceofjosh.com. You guys have a great Jeep week. See you later. Oh, and don't forget, we're going to have uh, Garrett from uh, Best Top with us on Tuesday. Oh. Jeep Talk Call-In Show, Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time. Be there or be square. <laughs>